Welcome to Get Connected AF. Alcohol free. As fuck. I'm Lori. And I'm Angie. And today we are going to have a little chit chat about boundaries. And I asked Lori about doing this topic today and she's like, well, I don't really know if I have any boundaries. <laughs> True story. Uh, and I'm like, well, and then I kind of started throwing out examples of what I meant. And she's like, oh, wait, no. Yeah, we can talk about that. Yes, I'm good. Yes. So boundaries are kind of hard, I think, um, because there's different ways to have them and in different, different ways, like parts of your life, like work, mm-hmm. home, things like that. And they could be big boundaries and little boundaries. Um, so I kind of spitballed some of uh, the things that I've created boundaries um, just really in the past few, like year, I think um, I'm getting more ballsy as I'm getting more sober. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I had any courage when I was in my heavy, like drinking phase, Um, I was just honestly really scared of everything Mm, and I don't, I didn't have any, um, pushback. Everything stressed me out. I was a huge avoider. I didn't like confrontation. I just, um, I don't know. I just, I was always scared of I would look way too far out in the future and see worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. So I was always really scared of saying no or um like even with jobs. Like my anxiety would represent itself as if I didn't do perfect at this or if I didn't take this opportunity or stay with this job I was miserable in, it would tumble into my brain telling me I was going to be homeless in the future. Right. Yeah. Like that that's just how my anxiety worked. It was bananas. And so I, in my sobriety and in my mental health, like working on my mental health and, um, you know, like I've talked about before, being sober has definitely helped my, my anxiety. Um, I've been able to really work with those boundaries and create them and kind of be able to stand firm. So, and I can talk about some examples and things like that, but after I kind of threw the topic at you, what kind of things stood out in your mind that you can think of for yourself? Yeah. Well, I echo everything you say, like it was absolutely harder when I was drinking to be willing to stand up for myself. And I think people pleasing goes along with having anxiety and just, you know, being scared to say no. Um, in sobriety, I have turned down so many social engagements that I would have accepted as a drinker. Um, so that that's a big one for me. It's just, if I don't want to go somewhere, I don't go. And when, before I stopped drinking, it just would have been, well, I'll just pregame you know, drink before I go. Um, that'll take care of the nerves and and make me feel a little bit better about being there. And now I just feel like empowered to say, no, thank you. I don't, it's not how I want to spend my Friday night or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, another big one for me was work. I used to put in a lot of really long hours. Mm 
And eventually I just thought like, for what, what am I, what am I doing this for? Like, it's not to get ahead because it's not going to get me, you know, a higher title or a bigger job or anything. That's not the nature of what I do. And there's no, we're so busy all the time. There's no getting caught up. So it's not like I'm going to stay a few hours and get caught up. There's no such thing. And the longer I've been sober, the easier it is for me to be like, well, it's five o'clock. My work day is over and now I'm going home mm-hmm. and all the work will still be there tomorrow morning. And I don't have to feel like I have to give my entire life to my job because if I died, they'd replace me tomorrow and not think twice about it. Yep. And I, I just feel a lot stronger about those boundaries. Like, cause boundaries are about creating space. So a boundary at work might be creating space around your, your personal time and your private life. And to say, my work day is over and now I'm going home and maybe I'll look at my email once, or maybe I won't, maybe I won't look again until tomorrow morning, but just creating that space for family and personal time and not trying to be a superhero at work all the time. Yeah. And that's such a good point. Like I have a tendency with jobs, like, because I want to be the perfect employee. Like I pride myself in being a very good worker. I am a very quick learner. I think I excel at most jobs that I have typically, and I go through the ranks pretty quickly. Um, and that's just who I am. I'm a hard worker. I'm smart. And um, that is one part of my life where I can say I've always had high, co- like high self-esteem about mm-hmm. I may have low self-esteem about other things, but the, I have always been confident that in that. And I, and I think that's where my confidence, like the boundaries have all, always suffered with me because I put so much stock and value in my importance in a company and things like that. And I feel like I should be valued somewhere. So mm. do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, do that, you hear what you said? like, I feel like I should be valued somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah. But that, but before, like, I wasn't thinking about it's just business. Like I would just be replaced in two seconds. Like I couldn't put the boundaries up. You know what I mean? Like they would all just see me as an employee, but I would be like working my ass off because I just wanted to be like, I saw it so as so much more. Does that make sense? So I just wanted to be valued at work. And I felt like I, that it was so much more important to me than I was to them. Mm, yeah. And I saw it as like my life and they just saw me as an employee. Yeah. So I agree that it's, it's really easy, especially as somebody with anxiety or as a people pleaser to want to give too much and, and to be really out of balance in terms of what you feel like you owe an employer and what they think of you in return. Um, And I think it's really important to remember that you're easily, easily replaceable at work, but not at home. And kids aren't little forever. I mean, I spent a lot of hours after work trying to get things done and I'm not getting those hours back. Yeah. And my, my kid is not little anymore. And so that's frustrating. And I try to empower my team. I have nine people on my team and I, I always tell them family first 
anytime somebody has a childcare issue or they need to leave early or whatever, I'm like, fine, go do that. Because I want you to know that family comes first and we'll figure out the rest. Um, I had a boss tell me in a job interview, the 16 hours you spend away from work are a lot more important than the eight you spent here. And I want to respect that. And I was like, mind blown. I could, I couldn't even believe that that was her philosophy. And it was, I mean, she wasn't like bullshitting me in a job interview. That was literally the way that she treated people. And that's the way that I try to treat people, but it's definitely a boundary that you have to create for yourself. I don't think you're with the exception of that, that one woman, I don't think people are going to do it for you. And so you have to be willing to use whatever tools you need to create those boundaries, like putting your phone on do not disturb or not having your work email app on your phone or, you know, mm-hmm. different things like that, that kind of force you to, and work is only one issue. I mean, there's a million examples of boundaries. Oh, yeah. Those are some tools that you can use if you think you need better boundaries at work. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, just to stay on the work train for a second, um, you know, the job I'm actually leaving, um, my insurance job, I decided I needed a huge boundary after the sober slumber party because we had the meditation excursion. And uh, probably about a month before that, she had decided I was going to start taking all of her phone calls to vet the phone calls. So they were all getting shuffled to my phone, like forwarded to my phone. Your personal cell phone. My personal cell phone, not a work phone. Yeah. (laughs) And we're laying there in a meditation studio and my, and this, no, you know what? I'm not even going to blame myself because I was just going to blame myself for not putting my watch on do not disturb. Mm. And no, I'm not going to do that to myself, but I did forget to put my, my watch on do not disturb. But regardless, I was laying there doing a meditation and my watch was blowing up with her client's phone calls. Mm-hmm. and like it was upsetting me <laughs> because you know I don't make any commission off those people like you know it was a Saturday right yeah I was in a meditation room laying yeah, on a hot when you're trying to like when your business phone is ringing that's that's a challenge yeah and I you know, and, and this is what my brain does though. Like, well, why didn't you put your, your watch on do not disturb? Well, why would I, you know, um, I don't normally get phone calls, right? Who's calling me. I don't think about other people's clients calling me at, at 10 30 in the morning on a Saturday, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. But so immediately on that Monday, I had decided that I was going to set a boundary. And I told her that I needed a work phone. This was not going to work. And at first she tried to say like, well, why don't you set your phone on do not disturb when you're at home at night? And I said, I shouldn't have to silence all of my, that makes no sense. All of my alerts for my apps and everything so that I don't get your phone calls. Mm -hmm. That doesn't make sense to me. And did you have that conversation with her? Did you push back on it? Oh yeah. I got a work phone like the next week. Nice. But it's just things like that. And I think before I would have been like too scared 
to even say something because my brain would have been like, but I'm go- I'll get fired mm-hmm. or she'll replace me. And then, but now I'm like, who fucking cares? You know what I mean? Like who cares yeah. if she replaces me? Right. In case you haven't noticed, everyone's fucking hiring these days. Sorry, they are. True. You could get a job almost anywhere right now. Yep. Um, so my brain has just shifted in so many ways. And my boundaries have shifted a lot with my family. Um my parents, absolutely. I used to see my dad completely different when I was drinking. Um, I have a very strained relationship with him. I honestly don't really remember him from when I was a child. I, I mean, I lived with him until I was like 11, but I don't, I think I blacked out a lot of it. I think we talked about this. We have. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but um, as an adult, um, I think I was pretty okay with not having a relationship with him, but he has, you know, he's since come around. Um, we don't have much of a relationship now, but I think I always felt like I was supposed to like mend things with him mm-hmm. or something. Or if you're, or if you're going to have someone that come, you know, is around sometimes that you're supposed to have this like mend fences, like type relationship. But mm-hmm. now I've just learned that like you can still like not be all right with someone and see them every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Like my boundaries are up. If there's something I don't like that he's saying, I call him out on it. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't tolerate the bullshit. And um I think that's really important too because your kids are watching, you know? Yeah. Kids see and hear everything and they see how you let people treat you. Yeah. And they see you put up a boundary. And that is probably one of the most important things you could teach a kid is like, we teach people how to treat us. Yeah. And this is what it looks like when you say, no, that doesn't work. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. So I think just how I've dealt with family stuff has certainly changed. Yeah. I used to be more quiet. Um, but like I said, I used to think that you had to, mm, I don't know. Let's change that, that thought that I was having. I used to think that you had to, um, have a strong relationship with people that were in your family and you don't, you don't, you don't. I don't see that at all. And he lives in the same, not the same town, but probably 15 minutes away. And I haven't seen him in my adulthood. (laughs) I was going to try to figure out how many years it's it's been my entire adulthood. And, you know, you can let time pass and you can think, well, maybe that's okay. And then just last week at work, we were talking about something and I told the story in a nutshell. And I was like, oh my God, I forgot how many reasons I have not to have a relationship with this person. I didn't know yeah. that about your dad. Yep. He left when I was 20. I am 49. Oh, wow. I did not know. Yep. Zero contact by my choice. And I think, Bound- you know, with boundary, you can, yeah. And I think people thought it would soften or I would change my mind or I would regret it, but I don't. 
And even just having that conversation last week, I was like, wow, he did some shitty things and I'm not, not okay with those. And I'm not willing to overlook them and, or pretend, I don't know, it's, it's complicated, but uh, that's a choice I've made and I stand behind it. So you're not obligated. No. And you shouldn't have to be obligated like those people that think that, oh, you'll get over it because he's your dad. Just because he's your dad doesn't mean he gets a free pass. Right. If he was a stranger and did some horrible things to you, would you be expected to forgive him? Right. No. Why is it different? And I think that's where a lot of the stuff comes in with my dad, where I always felt like I had to have this relationship with him. But in all reality, like at this point, if I didn't have kids, yeah, I don't. And well, the other big part is my grandparents are still alive. My grandmother passed away in 2021. She was a huge part of why I was still hanging in touch. Um, my grandpa's still alive. He just turned 93. Wow. Um, um on the 13th of February. Huh. Um, so that has a lot to do because they helped take care of me. He was not, um, he lived with them for a lot of when I would go to visit. Mm. I stopped visiting him when I was pretty much 15, around 14, probably 14. Um, and he lived with them for most of the time between my parents' divorce and 14 years old. So when mm. I would go to see him every other weekend, I would stay with them. So my grandma cooked my meals, you know, like yeah. they were a big part of my life. So I think that's a big reason why, you know, there's still that big connection. I mean, I'm old enough where if I want to communicate with my aunts and uncles and cousins, I can do that. I don't need my dad to do that. Right. Um, and then there's a whole bunch of other slew of issues, you know, with my mom and things like that. Um, and there's a lot of boundaries that need to be shut down there. But again, these are all things that I would have just, I would have shut down and I would have just drank and I would have, um, I wouldn't have said anything. I would have yeah. been too scared of what the outcome would have been. I wouldn't have wanted to rock the boat. Right. Which is crazy because if you've met me, I'm very outspoken and very outgoing and I don't, I'm not a quiet person, but I think when it comes to protecting myself, I, I don't think I ever really protected my own feelings very much. Yeah. Well, it's hard. I mean, setting boundaries is a skill and it takes practice and it's hard and it feels very, it, it's hard in the beginning, but like anything else, it gets easier the more you do it. And, and I think when you see the positive outcomes, it reinforces how important it is. Um, but I do think it takes practice. I'm definitely getting better at it as time moves on. I mean, me leaving this insurance job, that is a massive boundary that I set mm -hmm. that in itself is a boundary. Because I, um, I decided that, um, one day I just was like, you know, 
I feel like some days she doesn't even talk to me. And then the next day she will say like three things that make me feel like everything I do is wrong. And I'm just kind of tired of that. Yeah, that sucks. And, um, I work very hard. She's a very successful Medicare and insurance agent. I work very hard, but I feel like she, I don't know, without getting too deep into it, I don't make any more money by ensuring that she gets new clients or retains clients. Mm. Okay. Meanwhile, my husband and I have bought into a franchise that he needs help with. Mm. Why am I not putting my skill set towards this company (laughs) that I can work just as hard and well at to make our own income grow? Yeah. You know? So it was kind of like just she sent a text and I was like, you know, I think I'm fucking done. And it it just like took two days and I, I was done. Put my two weeks. It wasn't a rash decision. You didn't like rush into it. You gave it a couple of days. You thought about it. And then yeah, told her I needed to talk to her on a Friday, went and talked to her on a Monday. Yeah. Yep. And you feel good about it. Oh yeah. I think I'm taking my stuff to her tomorrow. I did my two weeks, but it's just, you know, it's, if something doesn't feel good, you don't have to stay guys. (laughs) You really don't. I mean, there is other things out there. I think that a lot of times we get so stuck in thinking that this is it. Yeah. And I think boundaries are a form of self-care. And if you're in a shitty job that doesn't feel good and you're working hard for somebody else, you could go home and take a bubble bath at the end of the day, or you could change jobs, you know? Yeah. It's a different kind of self-care and it's a little bit more dramatic, but it's also more impactful. Yeah. But I'm not saying to go quit everybody's job, you know, don't go, go, don't go putting your two weeks in or anything like that. But I'm just saying If it doesn't feel good, you don't have to stay in the situation you're in and insert whatever situation that is job, house, city. I don't know. It can be, it can be, yeah, it can be that dramatic or it could just be the pair of pants that you're so tired of looking at every damn day. Go put it in the freaking donate bin. I don't know. Just create a damn boundary. It'll get easier with time. Maybe that's your small boundary that you can start with. Start with the pants. Right? Baby steps. Baby steps. But I can tell you it does get easier. Um, but like Lori said, it is it is a term of, or it is a kind of self-care. Because you feel so empowered when you're done. You're just like, damn, I just took my power back. Fuck yes. yeah. Yes, absolutely. Fuck yeah. Someone else does not own me. I own me. Mm-hmm. and you really do feel the joy seriously when you take ownership of running your own life so that's it I hope you got something out of this we had some technical difficulties so if we can't make that sound a little bit better 
by the end of this, then thanks for hanging in there and, um, you know, do all the things that we ask you to do, you know, rate, review, subscribe, find us on Facebook or get connected to AF. Yeah. Instagram. Yeah. Send an email. Yes. At Gmail. We're at Gmail. Um, share it with your friends. We always have new people joining the Facebook. Um, don't be scared to even, you know, introduce yourself when you pop in. We have a lot of people that, that join and, you know, you join quietly, introduce yourself, make a friend, tell us where you're from. Um, but just remember guys, just stay connected. Bye. Okay. Bye.